The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lock one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick turn! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. It is Tuesday night, so you know what that means. We're back together. It's another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. Uh, Brad, goddamn, it was it was good to be back at that racetrack this weekend at I eighty Speedway. Unfortunately, you were uh, you were living it up in uh, Florida this week. Yeah, we're called. I was down in Jacksonville, Florida. Florida had one freaking job, and that was to be warm. And we get down there, and it was warmer in Lincoln, Nebraska, than in Jacksonville, Florida. But we made it through the two days of track meet, and I'm heading to Bloomington, Indiana this weekend. You would think I could go to a sprint car race because they are having a race there, but uh, not going to be able to make it. Got to be at the track until about 1030 at night. So uh, lucky you to go to I-80 Speedway and enjoy two nights of racing. Yeah, yeah, man, it was great to be back. uh, You know, I tweeted out, I go back at my happy place, man, with all being stuck in the house all winter long, all this coronavirus bullshit. It was just great to get back, enjoy some dirt. Uh, got me one of those world famous. They're not world famous, but uh, God dang it, I'm gonna say the world famous. The Port Tender <laughs> line. That's the first thing I did when I rolled into that gate. Was uh, went down that got me one of those I80 Port Tender lines. One of the best tender lines in the country, and uh, you can take that to the bank, folks. Absolutely, bar none. Uh, um, this is not a knock against Knoxville or all these other places that have them. Uh, this one. Yeah, um, you have to spend the first heat race eating, eating the meat before you can even get to the bun, man. They're they're delicious, and I don't know how you like yours, but I throw some mustard and some jalapenos on it and go to town. I I, I do the mustard. Uh, I, there was no jalapenos down in the in the uh, infield concession stands, but yeah, that does sound good. And uh, yeah. I, I say it's one of the best, but uh, I got to give out a shout out to my buddy Ryan Northcote uh, up there in Knoxville. His family's meats, uh, the pork tenderloins there. Uh, if you're there in the nationals. Go yeah. across the street yeah. to the Hy-Vee parking lot. Go to the North Coat Meats uh, trailer and do yourself a favor, folks. Get one of those pork tender lines because uh, it's heaven on earth. Yeah, I, you can't beat them. It beats going stopping the McDonald's on the way or whatever. Just get a pork tender line. You're supporting the track. You're supporting uh, uh, eating, a, eating a really good uh, pork tenderloin, and you're in heaven, man. You wash it down with a Bud Light, and you're good to go. Yeah, definitely. So on today's show, we are going to recap ID Speedway, obviously, uh, with the 360 Sprint Cars. Brad's going to shout out some news, some notes, uh, talk about Arizona Speedway a little bit. Uh, but our feature guest, man, we got a big one today. Uh, Michael Kofoid, most of you know him as Buddy Kofoid, is going to phone the program driver of the KKM. Midget there on the USAC series. He's driving some Silver Crown cars. He's making uh, NASCAR pavement debuts. Uh, busy, <laughs> busy cat, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know how he keeps up with that, where he's supposed to be and stuff. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely got it going on. I th- I think he's won the first four midget features uh, with USAC Midgets uh, this year. So, uh, he, of course, he's riding one of the best rides out there in the KKM car. But uh, he's still got to be able to wheel that thing in the, around and win those races. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to listen to hear what uh, Buddy has to say. Yeah, definitely. Seven wins on the year so far out of 13 events entered. Uh, this is for dirt racing. I, I'm not quite sure how his payment stuff's going because, uh, you know, 
we don't care about payments so much around here. Yeah. Well, it says here on USAC uh, that uh, Thomas Meserol won a won a feature, and Buddy only has one win. So I'm assuming Buddy has a couple like power eye wins as well. Yeah. Look, looking through his results pages, uh, first win came and with the 410 wing sprint cars down there at Arizona Speedway for the Wild West shootouts. That was back to back wins. Uh, Bubba Raceway Park with the USAC Midgets, the first night, uh, Monarch Speedway in Midgets, Monarch Speedway again, Riverside Speedway, Riverside Speedway again. Uh, those were in Power Eye uh, action. So, you know, it's a mix between Power Eye and USAC and, uh, and the wing car. So, what does he have? Six wins so far this year across seven, the board? Seven wins across seven? the board this year. Nice. <laughs> and it's only April. Yeah. And, it, yeah. And, it, it's insane. So the kids definitely, and USAC really hasn't even kicked off their their uh, schedule yet. So I mean, they've had, ran a few races here. Uh, sprint cars ran last week over at uh, where did they run? Was it the Lawrenceburg? Sprint cars. Um, I think I think it was Lawrenceburg. Could be. I, I don't know. I, I was at a racetrack. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was trying to pay attention online, but I was at the track really late and. Uh, so it, it, I didn't get to follow along too much. When I got home uh, at 4 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning, I took a, a little nap and had to go get antigen tested and then uh, spent the day with the family. So I didn't get a lot of catching up. But, uh, yeah, seeing here, it was Lawrenceburg Speedway for Brady Bacon. Yeah, definitely. So uh, recapping I-80 Speedway, let's just kick it off right real quick. The gas man jacked over. I called him when I rolled in the gate that it was going to be Jack winning that thing. And, uh he he passed your your buddy late in the race, uh, Mr. Terry McCarl. So, uh, pretty good, pretty <laughs> pretty good race. Yeah. I mean, Jack started tenth in that thing, and it was it was Friday night was a hell of a race. So, uh, props off to Jack. He had that thing rolling really good, and he was getting faster and faster as the the race went on. So, I I don't well, think there was any catching him. I was watching on uh, my race pass and I'm uh, watching the lap times and yeah, you're right. Uh, um, every lap he would close in a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And, and uh, he didn't just get that win wasn't given to, him. he didn't win from the pole. He came from 10th and he took, uh, took that win from Terry McCarl. So uh, great to get um, Jack getting that season started off right for him. And that uh, I think that his cars, yeah, it's another black car, but it's a beautiful uh, 53. And so, uh, Good to see him get that first win of the year yeah. uh, right off the bat. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and Jack uh, announced uh, some uh, little surprising news on the uh, our, our buddy, the French Stretches uh, radio show with uh, Dan and Dirk that uh, he's going to run some four tens this year. So, oh, is he really? Yeah. So cool. uh, he's going to be running with the uh, Chris Bowers car. The eighty one is going to be a four ten car. They got a brand new four ten being built over there at Speedway. So uh, he's going four ten racing here soon. So. Uh, all, all this 360 wow. stuff is going to be ran in, ran in the uh, the family 53. So, sweet, that's awesome. I, I hope he, he hope he can catch on pretty quickly. And I would assume going over to Knoxville and getting some laps over there, getting prepped for the Knoxville National. Yeah, I believe Knoxville's on on the slate. He's definitely going to hit the uh, the World Outlaw event at ID Speedway, and uh, I believe some Houston stuff. So. Uh, he has a very uh, jam-packed schedule. If you check out his uh, website, I believe it's jackdoberracing.com. has the schedule up there. But uh, the cool thing was on Friday night that there was 26 360 sprint cars in that pit gate uh, over there at ID Speedway. So uh, it's good that these uh, these drivers came out, supported Joe, and uh, gave him full field of cars. Yeah, we talked about this several times on this podcast, how uh... – um, 360 racing in Nebraska is about dead, and uh, so and Joe Kaziski and the I80 Speedway is just doing everything they can to try to keep it alive, and so it's awesome that uh, 
they they threw in a little extra money for the the weekend, and it's great that they had uh, 26 cars uh, in today's world. That's a, that's a, a I'm happy with 26 cars. I mean, hell, I'm happy with 20 cars. Make a full field, get three heat races in. Uh, that, that's a, that's a good night. I'm glad that they had a lot of support from all over the the, the Midwest area here. Yeah, one of the cool things uh, I I didn't get the whole gist of it, but I was down down in the drivers meeting there on Friday night, and Joe mentioned that if we get 20 20 cars or 25 cars on Saturday night, he's going to add more money to the next race that they have out there. So it sounds like the more cars out you get out there, he's going to add more money to the next to the next upcoming races. So awesome. that's, did they, that's a pretty cool deal. I know they lost one, but did they lose more than one car Friday to, from from Friday's show to Saturday? Uh, for Friday's show, they lost Eddie, not Eddie Levitt, Ryan Levitt. Ryan Levitt. <laughs> Ryan yeah. Levitt. He took a hard ride out there and, and turn and turn two on, I believe, the first heat race. I I, I didn't see it, but it, it happened right by me. It was one of the uh, one of the camera guys that missed the action because my back was towards it. But uh, <laughs> sounded like he he took went took took a hard ride. Uh, they took him into the hospital up there in Omaha just to get checked out. It sounds like everything was all right. So we lost that car. Then we also lost Caleb Johnson. He did not return, but we did pick up Ryan King on Saturday night. So we had 25 cars on Saturday night. So Well, that's still a good night. Good night of racing. Uh, didn't last forever because you, you didn't have a huge turnout. I um, hope the fans showed up and enjoyed their uh, opening weekend of racing. Yeah, definitely. So Saturday night, we saw Chris Martin steal one from Terry McCarl. Three laps to go. Uh, Terry's running down some lap traffic, and he just playing fucked up. And uh Chris Martin pulled pulled Jason Martin with him, and they just freight trained right by him on on a, on a rubber down racetrack. They went to the outside and just freight trained past Terry and, and the two lap cars that held up Terry. So that's got to be a blow to your, excuse me your ego if you're Terry McCarroll leading leading two features and two consecutive nights till the very end, and then get get passed by um, uh, better cars. Then and you ended up finishing second on Friday and third on Saturdays. That, that's got to be a little tough blow to the ego uh, dominating so much until the very end and can't, can't finish the job. Yeah. I, I, you know, Friday night, Jack Dover definitely had the best car out there and he hunted like he, like we said, he hunted down Terry from 10th. Uh, Terry, Terry was the fastest car out there on Friday night or Saturday, excuse me, Saturday night, but it was rubber down. So it was, it was locked down there and nobody was really catching him until he fucked up and got caught between two lap cars and just couldn't get around him. And that gave, open up the door for the Martin train to drive on by. So Terry definitely had the best car out there Saturday night, but couldn't get the job done. It's really unfortunate that it rubbered up because that rarely happens out there at ID Speedway. So um, being, I was in Florida. What was the weather like here? Was it windy? It was, was it- wind- It was pretty windy most of the weekend. So, oh. and, well, and being I- the first, first two nights on the racetrack, I expect, you know, not to be the best racing surface out there, but right. They'll get it worked in. Well, I mean, they reworked the track for the late model feature, and the late model feature was really good. So, uh, you know, hats off to Steve and Joe and the whole gang out there at ID Speedway. I mean, they gave everybody a really good racing surface. It just just happened to rubber up. It's just one of those deals. Right, right. Well, um, I guess onward and upward to see what happens next time ID come, or the sprint cars come to ID. So, um, hopefully, I'm going to be – I'm only going to be at home 11 days out of uh, the 30 days in April – so I'm not going to get to go to any racing anytime soon, but uh, the first chance I get, I'm I'm heading out there and going to enjoy some racing. Yeah, I mean, it sucks to be you, basically. I mean, but you got to you got to do what yeah. you got to do. You got to pay the bills, so. Yep, got to pay the bills. So, so I mean, 
if we can find you know a big time sponsor for this podcast and you want to come on here and advertise and pay mine and Brad's salary, you know, by all means, we'll sit here and do this full time. So, yeah, health insurance and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, what's a little frustrating is I'm going to be in, like I said earlier, Bloomington, Indiana, to the to a track meet, and Bloomington Speedway is opening it up on Friday night. But uh, I have uh, two races. Uh, two 10 Ks, uh, men and women. It's, I think the last race starts like nine 45. So it just is, isn't going to happen uh, this time. So I'll get back to the hotel and start surfing the web and see, see what's racing out there. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you might be stuck in the hotel, at least you can watch stuff on flow. So speaking yeah. of watching stuff on flow, we got the, uh, what is this race? The, uh, posse and all, Bridgeport. They all, it's an all-star race at, at Bridgeport. So, yeah, I mean, we got that on right now. So it's, it's a Tuesday night, just hanging out, watching some racing oh, stuff. I lied. It's not an all-star race. It's just Posse invades Bridge to Bridgeport. So um, Somebody other than Posse he, is going to win this thing. So you Yeah. Know. Heat race number one was uh, Anthony Macri. Uh, heat number two was Tim Schaefer, the Steel City Outlaw, and they're just about ready to kick off heat number three. So, uh, um, yep, what, what better to do on a Tuesday night than – tape a podcast, watch some sprint car racing and drink a few beers. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of uh, racing, we saw some races this past week, Brad, what do you got for us on race results? Well, uh, Justin Sanders, uh, he's got five wins on the year. He swept ocean speedway in the three sixty. probably the hottest guy, hottest sprint car driver out there right now is Brad sweet. Uh, Brad was on our show several episodes ago and he made the comment that he's out to win races this year and the points will take care of himself. And boy, he wasn't kidding. He's won four of the last five World of Outlaw races, dominated I-55 this last weekend. And uh, so Brad Sweet's taking care of business on the World of Outlaw Tour. Um, Cole Duncan won at Atomic. Cole Duncan wins at Atomic a lot. Um, Justin Peck, he got his second win in the the Book 13 car uh, with at Attica in the All-Star did you, Tour. Speaking of that Book 13 car, did you see that dumbass Robert Ballou tweeting out and talking shit about how they finally got a driver out there who can wheel that car and whatnot? Yeah, what yeah, I did. What a fucking uh, jerk off. Uh, it's really unfortunate that he would say that because supposedly he was friends with Paul McMahon, and then he goes out there and throws Paul under the bus and says that uh, – Maybe that car isn't as slow as it, um, as slow as it showed the last two or three years. Well, everybody knows that Paul McMahon did not bring any money to that car, and Justin Peck brought money to that car. Well, what happens when you bring money? You, you can go get a faster. Motor, you get a bigger <laughs> motor, a better motor. You get better equipment, and so yeah, they're they're they're. He's won two races in that car because they have more money to throw into it. So, um, to for for. Robert Ballou to throw Paul McMahon under the bus like that uh, was really unprofessional and uncalled for, in my opinion. Yeah, and and this is not a professional podcast, so by any means, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, and hell, didn't Paul win some all-star races in that car last year and the year Uh, before? Honestly, I think he's only won about one race in that car. Still. he struggled with it. Uh, they they were top five, but he rarely got to the front there in that car. So uh, for whatever reason, so yeah, it is what it um, is. But I just thought to to run your mouth on Twitter like that. What a fucking joke! That's how that's how ridiculous Twitter is. Uh, people say shit on there that they won't say face to face, and it's 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 obvious that uh, that goes on on daily basis, and it's just. Uh, unfortunate if you can't say something face to face don't say it in my opinion and 
And uh, but Robert Ballou has never been one to hold back. That's why he got suspended from USAC for for uh, uh, several months. Uh, what was it two years ago? No, uh, something like that. Yeah. Then he got well, kicked out of Eldora. Think by Tony Stewart. By Tony Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of our buddy Paul McMahon, did you see his his ride? I mean, they they I, sent out uh, some photos of that thing, and that is one sharp looking car. Yep. Uh, again, another black car, but yeah, with uh, yellow accents and you know, some yellow um, stickers on there. Yeah, it's. it's uh, I was kind of surprised that it's a 23 car. I don't know where the 23 came from because uh, um, CJB has always been five or 51, and now all of a sudden they're coming out with a 23. And so uh, hopefully, uh, again, we'll see what money can do because there's money behind this 23 car. And when Paul gets in there, uh, I, I believe he might even be starting this weekend. I, but, yeah, uh, I think it is this weekend. So we'll see what Paul can do, and we'll see that whether it was the 13 car or it was Paul McMahon, but I'm going to pretty much say that 13 car with limited funds was more of the problem than Paul McMahon. Yeah, definitely. I think I think we've got to get a hold of Paul McMahon and get some 23 gear sent our way. So, Yeah, yeah. I'm a big Paul McMahon fan. The guy's a nice guy, one of the best guys in the pits, uh, uh, he's, he's not afraid to just sit down, just shoot the shit with you, uh, have a beer with you and, uh, always a polite guy. And I, I really, uh, love to ha- just develop a relationship with him over the years. In fact, I always tell him a little bromance that I, I've, yeah, <laughs> I, I've talked to Paul McMahon more the last four or five years than I've ever talked to Sammy. And I've been a Sammy fan since I was knee high to a grasshopper when he was driving the uh, Bobby Davis electric number 71, and way, I think it was 1971 when I saw him, maybe in 1970. So uh, that just tells you what kind of a guy Paul McMahon is. He, he'll talk to anybody. And um, boy, when he was driving that uh, Destiny Motorsports car for that year and a half, the penalty box, you could just see it in his face how frustrated he was with having a, a shit car. Uh, just it, nothing was working right in that team. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we'll see what money does, and I definitely know Paul's not done. So I expect yeah. to see that 23 up front here real quick. I hope so. He could win some of those all-star races. He's not going to do the whole all-star tour, but he could he could win some of them all-star races. All right, moving on. What else do you have for us for uh Well, there's only a few more. Dylan Westbrook won the 360 Lake Ozark race. Uh, Mario Clauser won the Power Eye War non-wing sprint car race there. Uh, Brady Bacon won USAC. Billy Dietrich, the better brother of the Dietrichs, uh, um, beat Danny Dietrich uh, at Lincoln. <laughs> and then uh, Lance DeWeese did what Lance DeWeese does. He went to Port Royal and, and won at and Port took Royal. care of business. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that. There was a whole lot of uh, other winners, and I don't want to disrespect any of them, but uh, um, a lot of them I don't. You don't. They're not common household names, so I just we're just not going to cover. And all if of you're them. looking for a certain driver, you know, Google's your friend. <laughs> you know, you want to go to a, a winner's list, go to tjslideways.com and, and he's got a winner's list. He puts up every, I think every Monday and, and has almost every winner for the, across the world in New Zealand, Australia, America. Uh, he, he covers it all. So he does a great job over there. Oh, I'm glad to see someone's still doing a winner's list. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, we were going to talk about this last week, but uh, we did not record a show, but uh Arizona Speedway, it looks like they have they were shutting down. And the best part about that deal was they said their last race, they said, fuck it and take off the mufflers, boy. Let's race some hell. Well, yep, they were well they, they did were that and they, and they extended their lease, so they're not quite yeah. done yet. 
yeah, they they were they raised their middle finger to the the land development uh, and around the track and said screw y'all, and uh, they went out. They were going to go out with a bang, and they they were going to make it as loud as they possibly could. And uh, uh, if you guys haven't heard, Arizona Speedway is in Suntan Valley, Arizona, which is southeast of Phoenix. The track has been going for about eleven years. The their whole facility has been going for like twenty five years. But anyway, the land development um, development government entity that, that that regulates everything around there um, decided not to to renew their lease and said the noise is too much and it doesn't go with their uh, their goals of developing the land around the racetrack. And so they said uh, April fourth will be your last last race. And so. Arizona Speedway said, screw you guys. We're going to have a race on um, April 3rd, and we're going to be as loud as we can. Well, um, the the commission reconsidered, and they extended it to November 30th. So they're going to get to finish out this year and, and race this year. But uh, who knows what happens next year. But that just pisses me off because everybody knows that you don't live, you don't move by a racetrack. If you don't How like many ra- noise. Yeah. How many racetracks around this country have been closed down because of dipshits moving in next door to to a racetrack that's like us uh, you know if people don't know us too well but we live by the airport that's like us i mean i just moved out here three years ago that's like me complaining oh the airplanes are too loud now that airport's been there freaking forever yeah we need to shut down the airport but it happens all the time it happened to midwest speedway here in lincoln nebraska um australia's got uh i can't remember the name of the track it was a long track uh, with a long history but was the, it Valvoline Speedway or whatever? Was, per, not Parramatta, but uh, Premier. I, I don't know. But some of our Aussie listeners could, you know, tell exactly what it is. Yeah, they're closing that down because the the city developed around it. Didn't the um, same thing happen to Sunset up there in Omaha? Sunset, exactly. Yep, same thing. So all these people move next to a track, and then they end up closing the damn place down because they bitch about all the noise. Well, that's your problem. It's not the track's problem, and. Valley Speedway in, in the Grain Valley, Missouri is struggling with the same uh-huh. type of situation. And it's just, it just an ongoing thing. And, and common sense should prevail, but it doesn't. And uh, so we, we lose tracks uh, left and right uh, every year because of people moving in, in next to a racetrack. But, yeah, then there's guys like me who wants to move to Knoxville to be by the racetrack. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it, yeah. It's just stupid. Well, it's, it's like you know it's there. What the what 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 are you thinking? I mean, it's well, just like I dumb. said, I'm I'm dumbfounded. I I'm lost for words on that whole thing because <laughs> you're you're dumb. You're stupid. Common sense should prevail, but it doesn't, and so you get a lawyer involved in the courts, and 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 the racetracks can't afford to fight this in court. And no, so they're uh, they're they always end up losing. Yeah, it's just dumb, and it takes money away from the economy of the of the town and whatnot. I mean, yeah. yeah, it might not be a whole lot of money, but you know. You get guys who go spend their money at Casey's to fill up their cars and, you know, they buy snacks and whatnot. And you got the out of town guys who might buy a hotel room here and there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a little money that flows into your economy yet. You bitch about some noise on one night a week. I mean, that's, that's why you got to give props to Jackson Speedway, Houston Speedway, Knoxville, Port Royal. And I know there's tons of other racetracks out there that have housing developments around them. Uh, those people, at least so far, have accepted the noise. They know what the track does for the economy and the local, the local business owners and so forth. And they they stay open and they, the tracks just support it. And the, the neighbors just deal with it for one night a week. They get a little bit of noise. And uh, 
so props to those people that, that live uh, by those racetracks and haven't shut those those tracks down. Yeah, I am. Like I said, I, I'm a loss for words. It's, it's just, I, it's just dumb to me. It's yeah. I don't well. know. <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna move on. We're gonna take a quick break here, and we are gonna be joined back on the phone with Buddy Kofoid, driver of the KKM number sixty-seven. I better look that up before we actually get him on. I believe on the is. air. So, driver of one of the, one of the uh, powerful KKM cars on the USAC Power Ride Trail. Buddy Kofoid is gonna join us. Everybody, stay tuned. Her blonde hair sunburned, stare at them white caps rolling over. Laid back in a thrift store beach chair, dropping limes in a corona. But she looks back, yeah, she throws me a kiss like, honey, I sure want you. And it's 103 between her and me, and only 92 in Daytona. And it's Shakes it at me. Yeah, she gets some gone. She gets some playing a little. Don't worry, be happy. And it's guys welcome back to the program hope you enjoyed the little musical break that we had there get yourself another beer refreshment whatever you might be drinking on this tuesday and buckle up because we are going to be joined on the phone by buddy kofoid in just a minute all right speaking of refills brad what did you get 
Oh, I went for round number two of the Four County Pale Ale by Kincader Brewing Company here in uh, in Nebraska. They're out of uh, Broken Bow, Nebraska, and they they produce a really good pale ale. So, yep, Four County Pale Ale. Went what do you re- got? Went to the refrigerator, uh, grabbed another Bud Light, opened that thing up, and it was shit. I'm out of beer, so grabbed myself a uh, crown of Coke. How do you run out of beer? You drink it all. That's how you run out. <laughs> but hey, hopefully, pretty soon we'll be back at the uh, the brew factory down there and in the IB Racing Garage, drinking some Quick Time Cream Ales. Actually, that is the only beer I have on tap right now. God damn time. right, that's the only beer you should have on tap. <laughs> well, you you got round number one today, so uh, you get round number two, and we'll open up the garage and we'll we'll get back to normal with uh podcast in the brew house yep 30 more days i get the second injection of the bill gates tracking device uh to go along with steve jobs tracking device i carry around in my pocket <laughs> isn't it 21 days no that's the uh, pfizer's 21 days i don't know i go back yeah. on may 4th so okay 28 days well, whatever there you go yep all right welcome back guys we are now joined on the phone by one of the hottest open wheel drivers out there in the country right now uh, Michael Kofoid, but most people know you by Buddy. Uh, how how that nickname uh, come up, come about? Yeah, uh, so I was probably only a couple years old when uh, my dad referred for, referred to me as his little buddy, and then it just turned into him calling me Buddy, and, and then that just kind of transpired into you know him calling me that every day, and and then you know my mom and you know my sister and my family. And, um, and then eventually into the racing world, and now that's kind of what I'm known by. So, uh, kind of a unique, kind of cool nickname, but um, yeah, just that's just how it started. Yeah, I figured it was kind of a family deal. But like I said, you're off to a hot start this year. You got 13 events so far this year, seven wins, man. What I can't, I can't imagine what you know coming out in 2021 and knocking off seven ro- seven wins, and it's just barely April right now. Yeah, no, I was, I was, you know, thinking about it you know, recently, this is the best start to my career that I've had so far. Um, you know, was, you know, last year we, we were really good with Tyra and then USAC was, um, I don't want to say the kryptonite, but, um, you know, the one that, that, uh, took us a while to get. And then, uh, you know, we finally got it and then knocked off two more at, at the end of last year. And now we started off by winning the first USAC race this year. So, um, you know, momentum's good in, in the midget overall, but, you know, with USAC um, coming out of Florida, uh, leading the points is a good start. And um, and then winning <clears throat> four in a row with, with power and, and setting that record was kind of cool and um, close to five at Port City, but uh, running good at Port City and then, you know, making the show at Chili Bowl was, was special again and locking it in on the prelim night. Um you know, and then uh, going back to back at the Wild Wing Shootout race with Andy Reinbold was was really cool too. So uh, it's been a, a really good start, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to all the different opportunities I have this year with the obviously with the midget, and then uh, hopefully jump in a wing car when I can. But also, um, you know, looking forward to getting in a Silver Crown car for Chris Dyson for the first time, and um, yeah, and then you know, have some pavement stuff. So it's gonna be a busy year, but it's uh, been a lot of fun so far. Those uh, those Rainbolt wins, those were pretty impressive down there in Arizona. Wow, you jumping into that car, w- w- that was probably your first time in that car, wasn't it? 
Uh, actually, um, in the, in that specific car, yeah, I've ran mm. for Andy. I ran from last year at the SmackDown um, in a non-wing car, which is something that I don't really okay. ever do. And then uh, I ran for him on the Thanksgiving weekend at that same track at Arizona Speedway uh, for a 360 race. And then, and then, other than that, that's that's about it. So, um, not very many wing races with Andy. Well, those races were pretty impressive. Uh, being here in Nebraska in the February, we had snow on the ground, but we got to dial in on, I don't even know what it was, Flow, Flow TV probably, and watch the race. And uh, those first two nights, so those are pretty impressive wins uh, by you down there in that 19 car. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. But that was that was a lot of fun. I knew it was going to be – I mean, it was tough to get me wrong, but, I, you know, our speed was just, you know, crazy good, and I was just – super comfortable in that car and um you know just having that much speed uh, i don't want to say made it easier but um when you have a car that good you can just kind of go wherever you want and, and you know to be honest with you i didn't expect to, to run that good i thought it was gonna be tough to get in the top five with the guys that were there but you know to win the first night and then to back it up the second night um was really cool and and we heard actually we actually heard a motor on a white flag on the second night and uh, that was a, a new newer motor, and that was a really good motor. And so it kind of sucked to lose that one, but um, you know, put another one in, and, and was kind of behind the ball the next night. But got back up to fifth, and I think we had a, a, a mechanical failure. But um, yeah, that was a really fun weekend, and it was a good way to start the year too, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I saw the, the that wing race uh, out there in Arizona, and I, I didn't know your wing background at all, so I was really surprised that you jumped in that car and you just you dominated out, not dominated at that, if I could talk tonight. But uh, <laughs> looking back at your career, you have quite a bit of wing experience. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's actually what I came from. Um, you know, I I grew up racing. I guess I'm still kind of growing up, but no, I, I you know, that's <laughs> yeah. what I did in, in, uh, in California was, was race sprint cars. And, um, I, my first season racing sprint cars, I was 11 actually, and raced about 10 races. And, um, and then my next year on in sprint cars was 13 in Oregon and Washington. Cause I wasn't old enough to race in California. Did about 20, 25 shows up there. And then I drove, uh, you know, for Dan Simpson full time in California um, in 2016 and 17, and a little bit of 2018, and then that's when I got my feet wet in the Midwest at the middle end of 18, and ran for the Linders and Ed Newmeister full time in 2019, and then um, you know got picked up by uh, Keith and P and in, in, in Toyota. So, uh, but yeah, sprint cars. That's that's kind of predominantly what I've done. For a while now, it's you know the midgets is my main focus, but I man, I've probably done a couple few hundred sprint car races. It feels like. Yeah, that's where I remember you first from uh, when you were driving for the Dan Simpson in that red number four. I want to say four A, yeah. but it, it was a four anyway. Four uh, S. Four S. Okay. Yeah, I remember uh, back. Uh, you were in the winter circle. Shoot, I want to say maybe it was a race in Utah that you you won, and I saw a picture of you then, and then that's that's where I first remember you is is back then. So kind of been paying attention was, to yeah, your career from we, afar. We've never been to Utah's. 
probably probably somewhere in in, in California or, or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I mean, there's you know, I followed, had a lot of great people help me along the way. Obviously, with, with Dan did a lot for me at a young age, and um, you know, and, and still continues to help me. And and um, you know, obviously, my parents, and because when I ran, ran in Oregon, that was just my dad and I went with our own car. And we didn't have a spare part to our name, but, um, <laughs> you know, we made it work and, and, uh, it, you know, I think it worked out well or has so far. So, yeah. um, you know, there's just been a lot of people that have helped me get to this point and it's, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, but yeah, spare cars are kind of home, but, um, I'm feeling really good in the midgets right now too. So the, the, let's don't give me the politically correct answer on this one. <laughs> give me your, give me your gut um, feeling, your, your true answer. What's what type of race car do you prefer to drive the, the wing sprint, the non wing sprint, the midget you've done some pavement racing. What do you have the most fun in? To be honest with you, I, I don't know now. Um, <laughs> I would say I would say for a while it was the wing sprint car because, or yeah, because that's mainly what I've done when I was just starting the midgets. But you know, I, I really do enjoy the midgets now, and um, they're racy and it's cutthroat. But you know, the wing sprint cars to me is kind of the epitome of dirt racing. And, you know, so that, like I said, that's kind of like home for me. So it's nice to go back to that and, you know, have fun with that. And then, um, you know, I don't, I've probably only done four or five non-wing 410 shows in my career. And I think that SmackDown, we're fourth, fourth and fifth, and then eighth and third in Florida. And so I, you know, now with some of those good runs, it kind of makes me, you know, enjoy the non-wing cars more often. Um, but I don't know. You know, I enjoy getting in really any car that I can, even if it's new. It's a new challenge, and it's just something new to figure out and and to see how it works. So that's kind of one big thing why I'm looking forward to the Silver Crown car because um, it's new to me. But also, I mean, they're they're pretty damn cool too. So yeah, was, I got to spot for Justin Grant at Sealands Grove, and it's just crazy just listening to those things go down the straightaway, just screaming and. It's a big old car going in the corner, so um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know. I like it all, but my top two is probably midgets and wing sprint car. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm a big midget fan. Not, over not, here. not in that order. I don't know what order <laughs> I would put it in. But not in that order. Well, Brandon and I are both big non-wing um, racing fans, but we just don't get that in Nebraska. But uh, however, USAC's coming. Uh, USAC midgets are coming to a, a town in a small town, Nebraska. And when is that, Brandon? August, August something. I I don't know the exact date. August, and we can't wait to get there to watch uh, watch you yeah, guys. Yeah, uh, February. Yep. Yeah, yeah, February. Yep. So yeah. I was there last year, and I think. That is one of the best tracks that we go to for the midgets. That place awesome. is a lot of fun. That's uh, that's awesome to hear. That's, that's, I, a, that's, that's a fun track. I actually, I look forward to that. And, and like Jason and I, um, Jason Persley, we're, you know, he likes that track too. And we're talking about it. And then they went to three nights. We're like, oh, that's pretty cool to see that. So I think it's three nights. So. Yeah, it's, it's three <laughs> nights now. And I don't know if you know this, but they just announced today that it's $6,000 to win now. Oh wow, that's even better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's a good, that's a good track, and and we're we're pretty good there. So hopefully we can 
we were second there last year, so hopefully we can try and improve the spot. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned uh, pavement racing. Uh, I saw that your uh, KKM teammate Kaylee Bryson picked up her first career pavement win. Is there a lot of trash talking going on between you two now with that with that win for her? No, <laughs> no, no. <not> at all. <laughs> are, are you going to be doing much uh, pavement racing this year? I know there's some on your schedule, but uh, do you have much of that going on this year? Uh, yeah. So, you know, right now my plan is, um, racing with racing dynamics and, um, with Toyota mobile one through May. And then I think, you know, hopefully I think the plan is to try and stay in a car, um, throughout the whole year when it, um, my schedule allows, but right now I have a handful of races until May. And then I think we're going to figure out maybe where to go next or, um, you know, just trying to fit in because, you know, with Toyota, my, my main priority is with USAC and, um, you know, our goals, you know, with KKM and me and Toyota is, you know, for to, to win a USAC championship. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll try and fit it in the best we can um, around that. But I think, you know, hopefully it can be in quite a bit of payment shows this year. That's the plan. Yeah, so the priority being uh, USAC and and uh, and the USAC midget title. You guys roll into Port City again this weekend. Uh, what's it going to take to uh, pull off a, uh, a victory out there? Run perfect for fifty laps. And, um, <laughs> that that place is, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't really like that place a lot, um, and we struggled there. That was one of my tracks that I struggled at. And also with the car, I just never was comfortable there. And we we just seemed to never really have it, you know, right. Um, and Jared and I, we worked on a lot, and Grant, we worked on, a, you know, a lot of different things. And we were pretty much 180 degrees the other way. And then we, you know, found some speed and, and ran third and actually contended for the win at the Power Rise show. So I'm, you know, happy about that. And um, but that place is just it's hectic. It's small. It's was probably smaller than cycling, which is an outlaw car track I grew up racing on. But, um, no, it's just, you know, you, it's just crazy racing and, and you can't get away from anyone there. So you just got to run perfect and almost plan out your passes almost more in advance than you would in any other track. And, you know, cause you, if you're going to slide someone, you better hope it works. You can get by them. Otherwise, you know, the guy's going to be behind you and be right on your bumper. So, um, you know, I think we definitely got the car a lot better, which I'm, I'm proud of and looking forward to that. And, um, you know, I think that we can, we can race good. And I know I can, you know, muscle it around. So we'll, we'll see what we can do. You, you mentioned sliders a couple of times and, and for people that watch, uh, Twitter and Facebook, uh, it's mentioned multiple times how crazy you bastards are on those, <laughs> in those midgets and those sliders. And, how how long did it take you to get used to those those dive bomb sliders that you guys do? Because it is amazing that you guys go in low and drift up high, and then the guy behind you that you just passed has to either tap the brakes or point the steering wheel to the left. And you guys you guys don't even your momentum is never broken. It's amazing as a fan what you guys do. How long did it take you to get used to that? And and learn and decide that well shit if they're doing it i gotta do it so uh you just get up on the wheel and do the same thing that that's an impressive slide job yeah um you know i'll go back to my my 
younger sprint car days in California. Um, well, actually, I take that back. In outlaw cards, towards the end of my career, which I was probably about 11 or 12, um, at Cycland, which is, I think, one of the best or the best outlaw card joint to go to, and you know, learn it gets a, a cushion right on the wall and it gets a nice bottom and it's bone slick right through the middle. And that was kind of where I started to learn it. And a lot of people started to pick up on it. So I picked up on it a little bit. And then I ran mm-hmm. a lot of wing sprint cars, obviously, in the West Coast and all that. And, um, you know, just tried to perfect it more there. And, and um, you know, I think, quite frankly, a, a wing a wing car slider is a lot different than a midget slider. You know, I think the aggression level on midgets is so much more. And there's a lot more close quarters racing. And I don't want to say contact, but, you know, a little bit more rubbing. Uh-huh. And where, you know, a wing sprint car, you got to keep the air on the nose. And, you know, you can't really afford to touch tires, kind of like you can get away with in the midget. So I I learned that quite a bit in wing sprint car racing. And then, you know, I was able to kind of carry that over in the midgets. So. Well, it, it's kind of funny that, that the people that are speaking out about how, I don't know, dangerous or, or whatever these sliders are, are the veterans that are towards the end of their career and they're, they're probably scares the shit out of them. And so they don't do them. But uh, as a fan, those things are so fun to watch. And you guys, you guys just don't miss a beat. You just hit it in stride and you just continue on. And it's, it's so fun to watch you guys do that stuff. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, um, uh, just on a different kind of change of direction. Uh, I met you about a year ago in the Chicago airport. I, I work with the Nebraska university of Nebraska track and field team. And we were on our way back home and you were standing in line. You had a Swindell speed labs sweatshirt and a mobile one hat on. And, and I, I recognize you there and I was that crazy geeky fan. And I walked up <laughs> and introduced myself to you and, and said, hi, and you were on your way to, I think to North Carolina to do some, some pavement testing, but, uh, um, so I don't know that I really met you. Uh, I was a dork and come up and said, hi, I'm Brad. And, but, uh, appreciate uh, all that you do for, uh, and it's fun to watch you on those tracks and race. Yeah, man. Without you guys, we wouldn't have a show to put on for. So no, it's, no, it's definitely, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's even more fun driving them. So no, I appreciate what you guys too too with the the podcast and all the social media stuff's pretty cool so yeah thank de- you definitely no we enjoy this the podcast is just an excuse for us to get together tell some racing stories and drink a couple beers together so <laughs> but before but <laughs> before we let you go i want to obviously i want to thank you for taking time out of your day to do this but you know you mentioned that you know you wrapped up your outlaw car career at 10 11 years old and you know you're barely what 19 now yeah okay yeah. so so anyways who was your racing hero growing up i mean for for guys like Brad and I, it's you know like Steve Kenzer or you know Doug Wolfgang, Sammy Swindell, something like that. Yeah. Are you like a Kyle Larson fan or? So, I I have a few, and as I've gotten older, I've started to gain a lot of respect for other forms of racing. But so, I'll go back when I started Outlaw Cards. My cars were white body with a silver wing and a red number eleven. Retro Steve Kinzer. Oh, um, I like it. Steve, Steve was my hero and he still is my hero. I grew up a Steve Kinzer fan and always have been and always will be. And I, you know, I've got 
got him to sign one of my helmets. And I, I think I was six, seven years old. So my family and I, we'd always take the time, like a week off to go to the Gold Cup, which is in Chico, which where, where I grew up was a few hours away. And he had his t-shirt trailer there. And uh, I had a couple, like, go-kart shirts of myself when I was, like, six or seven, like I said. And I actually gave him one. So I don't know if he still <laughs> has it, but I gave him one. But then also, I grew up a, a Dale Jr. fan. Um, and he's kind of one of the main reasons why I wanted to go to NASCAR. You know, I grew up watching him on Sundays. And and then um, also, you know, I, it's hard not to be a fan of Kyle because of you know what he's done but also he grew up doing the same thing that i've kind of done and with the outlaw cards and didn't grow up too far away from me and um but also i'm a, a huge fan of um Ayrton senna i think he is one of the one of the best most critical thinking well executed drivers that there was so i've I have a, a tribute helmet done for him that I retired a couple of years ago. And also um, Noah from Shellshock, he, he kind of puts in a little scent of flavor with the, the lines and all that. So, you know, I don't know. I'm a, I've got a couple different heroes and fans, just all from different aspects of my life and, and different forms of racing. Yeah, definitely. Well, you you mentioned Dale Jr. He's got one of the best podcasts out there, second to ours, of course. But uh, he <laughs> uh, he he has a great podcast, and I I love listening to him and getting the old timers on there and tell stories about yesteryear and stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a big Jr. fan as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you mentioned Noah there at, at Shell Shock. Uh, since he's based down here in Fairbury, do you get to go out there and you know tour his shop at all when you're down here in town, or and pick up new helmets? Or I, I haven't. No, I haven't. I gotta say, for for what it is, it's pretty impressive. I mean, the the guy has some serious talent. That's that's for sure. Yeah, he he does a a really good job. And I actually, you know, before I ever got my first helmet painted by him, I was like, man, I've always wanted you know, a custom painted helmet. I, I want a, a helmet. I want, I want shell shock to do it. And then, you know, finally when the time came, I, I had him do my Ayrton son, a tribute helmet and you know, he did a really good job. So yeah, I've always, always been a fan of his work and, and like everything he's done. So, um, you know, I'm happy with what he does for my mobile one helmets and he does a, a killer job. Yeah, definitely. So I want to thank you for jumping on with us and uh, good luck this weekend over at uh, Port City. Yep. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on your show and uh, look forward to the next time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you part that thing in win- the winter circle more often and we'll, we'll get you on there. So I, I'm probably next, actually, week, probably next week. <laughs> actually, our plan is Hopefully, to do a live broadcast. Our plan is to do a live podcast there in Fairbury, so we might have to drag you away from the KKM trailer and bring you up to the stage just for a, a little little bit of time to bother you for for that show yeah yeah that'd be cool definitely all right sounds good thanks a lot for joining us and uh like i said good luck this weekend and uh we'll probably see you in victory lane here in, in a week or so <laughs> <laughs> sounds good thank you guys i appreciate all right. it all right thank you Have thank a good you night. Yeah, we're going to see him in the winter circle in about four days. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that was Buddy Kofoid joining us on the program. And that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, the kid has some serious talent. His, he has a full deck of cards in front of him. You know, I, don't, I don't know how he keeps it all organized with all those race cars, all those series, all the tracks. You know, he's probably in the airport more than Paul McMahon. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, that was one question I was going to ask him. How do you figure out where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be there and, and so forth. But uh, I, I think we just, we, we took up enough of his time. I think we did like 22 minutes or something like yep, that. Something so like that. that. So one of the so. things we want, I, I kind of want to do with the podcast is kind of keep some of the, uh, the conversations a little bit shorter. That way we, may, we can maybe get more than one guest on on the show. Uh, it, it all depends on kind of what you guys like. So uh, if you like the one guest and have it be a little bit longer and just have a conversation with them, or if you want, you know, multiple guests, you know, Make sure you drop us a line, leave a comment, whatever. Just let us know. Give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. Something. We're here for you guys. So give it. Let us know what you want to want to listen to. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so before we wrap up the show, Brad, uh, you mentioned an announcement before an announcement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus, what the? Just come out and say it. Just- yeah. That. that- that's I don't kind of get one of the biggest <laughs> jokes on social media is people come out and say, uh, wait for Thursday at four. I'm going to have a special announcement. So you're making an announcement about your announcement. and Just come out Thursday at four and just tell us. Don't tell us. It's you ridiculous. Know, make sure you check this out. Just, yeah. just come on and tell us. Just tell us. Yeah, I just say, hey, uh, here's my announcement. I'm going to go I, I find it. I find it funny in, in the era of the social gratification that is Facebook likes, Instagram likes that you draw out the announcement. Yeah. If you want yeah. the instant gratification, like, Hey, I'm running the outlaws this weekend or, Hey, you know, I signed a deal with, you know, so-and-so and we're going full-time all-star racing. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, I believe it was McKenna Hasse has an announcement before announcement. I probably won't see the announcement. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> I've, I've lost interest. Yeah. She's one of many. And yeah, I, when I read that, I'm like, Oh, that's bullshit. Just, just say just what you tell have to say. I mean, you have my intention now. I'm not going to come back in three days and you uh, just, yeah. you have my intention now. Just tell us. Yeah. Well, and that, that, like I said, that's the, that's one of the ongoing jokes on, on Twitter and Facebook is people making announcements about announcements. And uh, it's just, it's, it has run its course and people are, are tired of it. So Move on, Buck race fans. Yeah, so speaking of moving on, I, I think uh, we can probably let the cat out of the bag a little bit, uh, but it sounds like our friend Jason Orth is going to be moving on from the podcast. Uh, sounds like work is definitely picking up with him, and uh, he doesn't have time for us lonely uh, old guys to drink beer with. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, this was your, you and Jason's baby, and uh, – I was just supposed to be a uh, visitor every You're now full and then. Time get, now, but <laughs> yeah, now now he leaves and it's just you and I. So uh, um, we'll we'll just see how this all transpires, and hopefully uh, after he's off the show a couple times, he'll he'll miss it and come back. He'll but, miss uh, his friends. Yeah, <laughs> and Jason, there's free beer in my house. Yeah, so. free beer, Jason. That, that's why I do the podcast. It's free beer. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I, no, I, I did want to go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to change the subject about indie race parts. Oh, okay. Well, before before that, I want I want to thank Jason for helping get the show off the ground, and you know all the back end stuff. You know, helping us out with the social media, checking the all the an- analytics kind of stuff. That's all foreign language to me. So, uh, yeah, me Jason too. is obviously welcome anytime he wants to come on the show. Uh, we might see about getting the third host on. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that many people like me to want to actually <laughs> do a podcast. So. But anyways, you, know, you you mentioned indie race parts. Uh, sounds like some assholes hit them pretty hard. Yeah, um, on the 
28th of March, uh, some jackasses backed up their Ford diesel dually and stole his race trailer. Uh, he had, he said it was completely loaded, no mule, no sprint car, but all parts and everything. It's an iTech trailer. Um, they went into his place and stole it and it's been missing ever since the 28th. There's a, there's a $27,823 um, reward for it. Uh, it was last seen in Northern Indiana, but they, nobody has any idea where it's at. And that's just bullshit that low, low lifes um, do something like this. Uh, go get a fucking job and earn your money. Don't steal from people that are hardworking individuals. And the, that are, the stupid thing is, is a lot of those guys, they don't know what they're stealing. So when they open absolutely. it up, and they're like, well, I don't know what the hell all this stuff is. Yeah. So you just keep an eye out for a white Intech trailer on the, on the front left side, there's four little windows in it. Um, who knows where it's at now? Uh, is it, are you going to see it at a drag strip or uh, whatever? Just keep an eye out for it. And if there's a, a an Intech trailer in your neighborhood that you're that you've never seen before, get a hold of the police and let them figure it out. And and then you might be twenty seven thousand dollars richer. If, and you uh, can share it with uh, us as letting you know about the reward. <laughs> yeah. So keep. Keep an eye out for that. It's it's ridiculous. It's bullshit. Um, just hopefully we can get it all back for Bernie and he can continue his, his summer of racing. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, Brad, you got anything else before we wrap this shindig up? Nope, that's pretty it. Uh, pretty much it. Uh, um, we'll try it again next week. All right, so anyways, we got a message on Facebook today uh, from uh, Matt Kempkeys. He is, uh, surprisingly, he's a modified racer. Uh, he's the, he sent a message saying, Hey man, I love the podcast. Listen to it all the time. I know you guys are a sprint car show, but I got a modified put together over the winter. He's moving up for compact. So that's awesome. You know, he's, he did the compact thing as a, a starter program, kind of what the compacts were actually designed for to move up. So he's now in a modified, uh, he was asking if we had any stickers and, uh, to put on his car. So it sounds like I'm going to send him some, uh, some quick time decal. So the uh, it looks like the first official quick time decal is going to go on a modified, not a sprint car. <laughs> well, welcome to the family, man, and good luck to you this season. That's awesome. Yeah, he's he's a modified driver out of Omaha. I'm not sure if he's going to be racing Eagle Raceway, I80, or maybe go up to Park Jeff. I don't know uh, his home track. Uh, I'll reach out to him and see where he's racing at, and maybe uh, we can go down there and uh, and support on some uh, support some of our fans. So even uh, even if it is modified. Hey, modifies are not my favorite, but man, there's a lot of times they do put on a pretty good show. They're a lot better than a compact. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So with that being said, everybody, we will catch everybody on the flip side.